Yeah, so usually the first few nights um, away from our parents when we were in the dorm, like um, in first and second grade, all uh, we had boys, girls, and boys dorms and girls dorms, and all the boys in first and second grade lived in the same room. And so usually the first few mm -hmm. nights, if one person would start crying, then everyone started crying. Um, oh. And that would go on for the first few nights. Uh, but then mm. after a while, you just get used to being with your friends the whole time. So, um, yeah, so then your, your, your friends become your, your brothers and your family even. I can be your hero, baby I can kiss away the I will stand by you forever. This is Cumin. This is Caleb. Welcome to Life Unwasted, a podcast where we look into our past to discover our present. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, sometimes we put a lot of, of thought into... Um, Finding guests for the show, reaching out on on Twitter or TikTok, uh, getting recommendations from other folks. Sometimes, though, uh, somebody just contacts us on Facebook, and um, and just says, "Hey, like, been listening to the show. I've got some things I'd like to talk about." And in this case, we said, "Yeah, yeah, let's just <laughs> get you scheduled. We'll hit record." Um, so we haven't really even talked prior to this episode, uh, but. Uh, uh, this guest uh, told me I, I want to talk a little bit about grief and loss, resilience. I want to talk about my faith uh, on the missionary field. And um, so let's do that. Just to recap, this show is called Life Unwasted. It's a show where we interview missionary kids about their MK experience. Uh, we talk about the good and the bad. And um, more importantly, how it has formed us and shaped us as adults and how we're going to move move forward. So our guest tonight, um, you know what? I didn't even ask you how to pronounce your name. I believe it's Coop. That's or correct. Am I saying that? Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've read it a million times, but I wanted to make sure I got it right. Uh, so I'm sorry, uh, Coop, um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, um, maybe a little bit about your family when they were overseas where do you serve um and then and then we'll get into the interview okay great uh thank you um thanks for this opportunity um yes yeah, so my name's coop i was born in india but my parents were missionaries with omf in thailand and later in the philippines so i grew up on the mission field as a omf mk and tck um, my family moved to Thailand when I was five, so I grew up going to boarding school at Chifu School in Malaysia, then Chiang Mai International School in Northern Thailand, then first came to faith in seventh grade, um, which was 96, 97, stayed in the OMF dorm there. Um, then my parents took a furlough or home assignment to Los Angeles uh, for eighth and ninth grade, my eighth and ninth grade, when my dad was studying at Fuller. Um, so I went to middle school and first year of high school in LA. Then came back to the faith for 10th grade, stayed in the OMF dorm again when my parents moved back to Thailand. Then for 11th and 12th grade, my parents actually moved to the Philippines. Um, so I actually lived with them and, and was a day student for the last two years of high school. 
Um, so, so, so that was interesting. That was a bit different because um, I've grown up living in the dorms, the OMF dorms my whole life. Um, for college, I uh, went to Biola University in LA, um, where a few of um, few faith alum have gone before. Then worked for a year, then went to Fuller Seminary for grad school. Um, and the, uh, my, my degrees are in uh, a bachelor's in sociology, then a, a master's in cross-cultural studies, which is pretty much intercultural studies. Um, worked for another year, then missed living in Asia. So I moved back to Thailand and that was 2012 when I moved to Chiang Mai where my parents were living. So uh, worked for a Christian relief and development organization there for three years, um, then got invited to join OMF, which is my parents' missions organization. So I worked for them for five years, um, moved down to Bangkok in 2015 and worked for OMF five years. Um, yeah, then moved back to LA in July 2020 and have been here ever since. <laughs> Something that went was by fast with what was packed. <laughs> that's yeah, a that's, lot. And that's that like the short version lot. too. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like wow. listeners got whiplash just hearing that. What was it like? I mean, that's just a rushing wind of, of mm. change. Yeah, and even my family probably move house every year. So I mean a lot of a lot of moving, which is is sometimes nice, but it also has its uh, disadvantages too. Hmm. How did you first get connected to us? When did you how how did you get introduced to our podcast? Um well I think I knew about you guys at Faith when we were all at Faith just through like older friends. Um but with the podcast, I think a few of your previous guests told me about it, maybe Meg or Anna. Um, so then I started listening and oh, okay. um, was interested and just reached out to Caleb. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. 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 We don't really like advertise the show. It's pretty much word of mouth because, it, you know, we're how many countries are we in now? Acumen, like 43. Um, we're getting yeah. downloaded in. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, and, you know, MKs are just kind of all over the world. Uh, but that that intro was 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 wild. Um, can you tell us a little bit or what memories are you processing right now? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, back then in the early 90s, when I was starting to go to school, um, uh, there weren't too many good schooling options like there were a few international schools in in thailand but they're expensive and uh, we couldn't go to the local thai schools and homeschooling wasn't really as popular back then so they sent all us mks to to boring school whether that was chifu school malaysia or faith academy or other missionary kids schools around the world um so when when you're six years old you're you're spending a good like eight months away from your parents and your family. Um, so you, you learn to be a bit independent. Um, you learn to make good close friends, but then your relationship with your parents and sometimes your family is a bit um, distant and sometimes um, sometimes strained. Yeah. Um, can you think of... like? you know, listening to the podcast and, and revisiting or, or thinking about 
um, all this this change in your life, is there a specific memory that you've been thinking about or that's been been coming up for you? Um, yeah, I'll start with with the the good memories first. Um, yeah. So my my experience on the mission field was a good one and mainly positive. Um, just because I, I I had a lot of good strong friendships that that came out of it. Um, just a lot of my OMF friends. Um, uh, Phil, Ben, Joel, Tim, uh, uh, Gary, Daniel, uh, we're, we're all still great friends and we see each other quite often. Um, my class just had their 20 year reunion last year in Dallas. So that was good to see, mm. uh, my classmates, um, uh, 20 years later. Um, and yeah, it's just been great to, to keep in touch with, with childhood friends. Um, mm-hmm. but then I guess some more, um, just sad memory just because it happened um about a year and a half ago was that i i was married and uh for three and a half years and before that my wife and i had dated for four years and she was just killed in a a traffic accident um oh end of the year in 2021 so so i mean that's kind of the season i've been going through right now but yeah but okay um but uh but I'm 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 doing well by God's grace, and I'm still a Christian. And in fact, my my faith has grown stronger because of this. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry for you your loss. Out. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. And um, I realized this week that uh, you and I are actually hanging out at a pool party next Saturday. And so like, I, I'm glad that we're going to be meeting in person <laughs> next, yeah. next Saturday, I believe. Um, I just, I'm going to be out in LA and there's a mini faith reunion kind of thing happening because um, I, I really, I, I want to reach through the, the telephone lines right now and, and, and just give you a hug because um, you know, given everything that you've been talking about so far all all of the change that's been going on um it, it, to, to have that uh that stability in your life and then to lose it like i i can't imagine what you're going through uh yeah thank you and it, i mean it's just not just um having a strong faith but having amazing family and, and amazing friends yeah. including faith friends that have just really been praying for me and uh supporting me and just keeping in touch um including i'm sure a lot of people that we have mutual friends that we were mutual friends with um yeah so i'm so grateful uh, for the faith faith community and the mk community and other other christians as well and even other other people who aren't religious right now because they've reached out to me too and i'm so Mm -hmm. so appreciative of everyone Hmm. well i i you you said you want to to start off talking about the good parts of being an MK. Yes. And I think community is a, a huge piece of that. I think that there's a connectedness, um, especially all the folks that you you, you just talked about. Um, it, we are like, I mean, <laughs> it feels like family. And um, I, I'm really glad that you have those people in your life. Yeah, I mean, they've known me for probably like 30 years now. So so mm-hmm. it's just, 
it's just been so great just growing up with them, um, doing life with them, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've we've seen each other grow up and even fail and get married and have kids. And so I'm just so so thankful for these lifelong uh, friendships. Mm-hmm. So let's go back um, back in time. Uh, when you think about those friendships and in the mission field, what what memories come up for you, or or is there a specific memory of of you and your friends that you treasure? Um, yeah, I think a lot of times it's kind of just the the holidays or the the school breaks we have at Faith, whether that was a fall break, spring break, or family home weekend. Like the dorms would often go to the beach or. Um, or do something fun. So it's always like <clears throat> those trips you take with your dorm mates, um, like driving in those L300s or those canters on those road trips mm-hmm. and getting on the ferries and the bonkers, uh to get to the beach. Um, yeah, th- those, those are a lot of fun memories. Um, also just hanging out after school, um, just messing around. Um, uh, I played soccer as well in, in high school, so that, that that was fun just to have another close-knit group of brothers who would we play soccer, but would also hang out. Um, yeah, uh, so many good memories. What well, maybe um, yeah, a darker memory when you started with a good, I kind of sensed that maybe you also wanted to go to the not so pretty memories as well. Am I changing pace too quickly for you? Uh, no, I'm just trying to think because a lot of my memories from from faith were were good. Um, I just think if when you grow up in the dorm or um, kind of yeah, just sometimes people have um strained relationships with their parents because uh, maybe not back then when we were growing up because you, you were with friends so you weren't really thinking about you weren't right. really processing everything or you didn't have the tools or the language to really reflect um but just looking back and talking with other mk friends i mean a lot of them felt abandoned by their parents or uh, they felt that their parents would prioritize their ministry or their mission um instead of the family and I, I felt that a bit myself and same with my, my sister and my other friends. Um, but I think I tend to be more, um, tend to be doing better in terms of, of uh, just processing all that. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you've had some years living with your parents um, uh, where, you, you know, I kind of, you uh, earlier this season, we interviewed someone named Sophia also from Faith Academy, um, also out in out in the uh, LA area. And, you know, she's enjoying the time in her life right now where she gets to be with her parents and, and bond and make those memories. Um, but you started in the dorm when you were six. And how can you not, as a child, how can you not internalize some sense of your parents' work is more important than their relationship with you. I mean, that's just naturally natural. As much as your parents say, we love you and and we care about you and we're a family. Um, when you're in the dorm, you're always gonna have some sense of, of being less of a priority. 
yeah i mean <clears throat> a lot of times our parents will say it, there weren't too many schooling options or good schooling options but m maybe it was just a, a decision they had to make that um i mean they were forced to make who knows like i i, I don't want to i'm trying not to be too hard on my parents for the decision they made for me and my sister but i could see how other people would would uh, process it differently mm -hmm. yeah what was your conversation like after uh you joined your parents in your adult years looking back in your early days um it, it was good i think um just growing up you don't really talk with your parents or reflect with them just how life was on the mission field so now that i was i was back in in thailand and living with them like we we got to get to know each other uh again you know like as um so yeah we talked a lot <clears throat> and i didn't really have any uh bad or negative feelings towards them um myself but but I could see how others would um, have mm -hmm. have possibly some negative or bad feelings to their parents for uh, decisions that their families had to make. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular episode that stuck out to you as you listened and you strongly connected or related to? Um, well, I've kind of just been listening to the episodes with people that I know um, and that I, I was friends with that faith. So, um, so uh, Rachel, the first Rachel, um, I liked her episode, uh, Meg, mm -hmm. um, Lem, um, and, and even others I didn't know as well. Like I knew who they were, but um, it was great to hear from, from Pammy, from Daniel and Stephanie. Um, and also the, the, the second Rachel, um, I didn't really know Pammy or, or the second Rachel too well in high school, but mm -hmm. um, it was great to hear their episodes. Yeah. Well, what did you relate with yeah, as they were sharing their experiences? Um, I, I think it's just, it, it's been good to hear how they have also reflected on their, on their, MK and overseas experience and just how um, how they've even grown from from all their experiences like the the good and the bad and <clears throat> we all realize that life overseas isn't perfect um, and sometimes that w we become stronger or weaker based on how we react to our to whatever experiences we go through mm-hmm I want to go back to the your first memories in the dorm because um, we've kind of skirted that around that a little bit. I mean, you were you were really young, you know. Thinking back on that now as an adult, um, how how do you view that experience or you being put in that situation? Looking through it through your adult lens now. Um, just looking back, I think I I had a generally good experience. Um, but would I want to go through it again? 
probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, would I <clears throat> want to put my kids through that experience if I, if I have kids? Uh, probably not. So, um, yeah, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard you say a couple of times, like, I could see how other people could be mad at their parents. I could see how other people might have had a bad time with that. I kind of just want to ask, like, are you, you know, it sounds like you got a lot of amazing things out of being an MK. It sounds like you have lifelong friendships and you have a good relationship now with your parents, but you know, it's okay to be upset about that too. You can hold both of those things in your mind at the same time and say, you know, this one thing wasn't fair or good, but at the end, you know, the person that I am now, I'm, I'm glad of who I am because of it. I don't know. I don't know that that's what was going through my head. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I, I really don't harbor any negative feelings towards my parents. Um, yeah. For how they raised me. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, <clears throat> but maybe I'm more gracious and merciful to, to my parents than others are. Um, and may, maybe I, I've just been able to, to process it bit, it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, the the title of the show is Life Unwasted, right? And, you know, harboring things or, you know, part of this is just like letting go of, of a lot of things. And if you've gone through that process already, then that's really, really healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think so. Because I, I just tend to be I'm, like, I, I tend to be more introverted and also more reflective. So mm-hmm. um, it might take me a while to process something, but I will process and reflect it and I think just and to a certain degree we things that happened in the past sometimes we just need to leave them in the past um I mean yeah I mean there's in the past there's there's good things there's bad things there's evil things sinful things but uh to a certain degree we we sometimes we just need to leave things in the past mm-hmm. yeah you sound uh more reserved and you mentioned yourself that you're introverted. I was curious what nudged you reaching out to us. You are one of the very few that reached out to us first before before we did. So what, mm-hmm. what gave you that uh, courage? Well, I, I would say we, we do get quite a few messages from folks, but nobody wants to come on the podcast. So people right, say, hey, right. I really related to this or, hey, I mm-hmm. um, I really like this episode. But when we're like, hey, do you ever want to be a guest? A lot of people say, oh, heck no. <laughs> you're, you're the first yeah. to reach out to us that said, I want to be on the show, right? Yeah, I think just um, it, like I said before, it's been great hearing uh, other friends and other faith alum share about their their life journeys and i wanted to share a bit about mine um and -hmm. i also want to be a a source of encouragement to to anyone and everyone that that listens to this podcast um yeah that's pretty much it um yeah and i kind of know you guys from faith so it's kind of more of a safe space i guess Mm mm-hmm 
Well, I'm um, curious. Yeah. How you remember me? Oh, that's always a good question. <laughs> I, I think you had a, a younger sister. Do, do you have I a younger had, sister? I had In... two younger sisters. Okay. I think one of them is possibly my grade or a grade uh, higher or lower, maybe. One's probably in your grade. You're class of O2? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one's in your grade. Okay, hey, yeah. Heyman. So, Heyman's yeah. in your grade. Yeah, I remember her. And then I think in high school, we always know about each other's brothers and sisters. So, yeah. So what other memories have been coming up for you, Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your missionary kid experience. Um. Uh, is that just at faith, at faith or even no you can go yeah, any anything. any place yeah anywhere you want yeah okay um well yeah i mean so, so many great experiences um <clears throat> at chiku school malaysia the the school the boarding school was kind of in the middle of the jungle so that was kind of fun just like um that I think they got a lot of us OMF MKs really into loving nature because mm. on the weekends we'd go hiking um, uh, or we'd go to waterfall um, or we'd just go walk around in the, in the jungle. Um, then when I was at Chiang Mai International, International School in Chiang Mai, um, uh, our dorm was next to a river. So sometimes we'd go swimming in the river or we'd go to waterfalls on the weekend then at faith because it was in the philippines like we'd go to the beach a lot or um we'd go to taal or go to corregidor so that was just fun just being outdoors and enjoying nature um and just <clears throat> traveling so much you, you 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 just learn to love travel um and get getting to know other cultures um uh trying their fun foods and even trying to speak their language. So um, that's mm -hmm. still really stuck with me even now. Just, I just love being, I love being culture. I love traveling, love meeting different kinds of people. Uh, so give us a jungle story for Malaysia. We, have, we don't, we don't have, we haven't had any uh, stories from Malaysia yet on the, on the podcast. Okay. Um, give me a second. Yeah. I'm sure this is over 20 years ago, you know, we're reaching way yeah, back into the, yeah. 1990 to 1992. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. So a bunch of us MKs would fly from Bangkok to KL. Then we'd take a six hour taxi ride uh, up the mountain to our, to our school, which was in the middle of the jungle. And then um, I think just sometimes, um, after school, we'd go for walks in the jungle. And then mm -hmm. the boys would have one name for the jungle and the girls would have one another name. So I'm trying to remember the the names we had for it just because we wanted to make the jungle masculine or feminine. Um, <laughs> so we'd have like shouting matches outside our, our dorms, what to, to name the jungle. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't really think of too many 
stories. Yeah, that was um, a long time ago. Yeah. That's such a young age. That's such an early memory. I'm thinking about 90. That's like a year after the Gulf War. I mean, I would have been in like third grade. I have like such, I think that's around the time that you and I met Cumin. Was it third grade? Yeah. Yeah. 90, yeah. 93. We met, we met in 93. Yeah. So probably around Holy that cow. Early, 90, Yeah. Wow, we're re reaching way back, way back there. But the, like, I think about us at that time, Cumin, mm -hmm. um, and and Coop being a year younger than me, uh, mm -hmm. and in 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 boarding school. That's that's just such a young, that's such a young time, right? And right. You're in the middle of the jungle. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, the jungle boys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you do you have any memories of? I don't know, crying yourself to sleep at night because you were so young and separated from your parents. Yeah, so usually the first few nights um, away from our parents when we were in the dorm, like um, in first and second grade, all uh, we had boys, girls, and boys dorms and girls dorms, and all the boys in first and second grade lived in the same room. And so usually the first few mm -hmm. nights, if one person would start crying, then everyone started crying. Um, oh. and that would go on for the first few nights uh, but then mm. after a while you just get used to being with your friends the whole time so um, yeah so then your 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 friends become your your brothers and your family even yeah mm. yes we it's had another guest like this season this season um, what was her name from Rip Valley Academy. Oh, um, uh, Holly. Yeah, Holly. Holly from yes, RVA. Yes. Yeah, Holly from RVA. She did join the dorm in third grade, and mm -hmm. she shared some interesting experiences herself. Yeah, that was in Kenya. Um, in Rift Valley Academy. Yeah, in Kenya. And again, so you know, the Rift Valley Academy is just in the middle of a valley in the middle of nowhere, and it's mm -hmm. all all boarding and um but it sounds like a much larger school than, than the one you went to. But, you know, that, that with, what do you think about that now as, as an adult, you know, at, at, again, such a formative age, you're like 10. Um, that is, that's a, that's a tough thing to experience when they're that you're that young. Um, yeah, it was. And just, I mean, just now growing up with, my nieces, like my sister's kids and other friends' kids being that age and just mm -hmm. thinking of even sending them to boarding school is just, uh, it's like, uh, it just gives me shivers or kind of freaks me out. Um, but I mean, I, I do understand 20 years ago, it was a different time um, and there weren't as many schooling options or as good schooling options nearby. Yeah. No. And like our parents had to make tough choices and they yeah. only got to live through life one time and they had to figure it out as they went, you know? Um, and they were, uh, I'm, I'm 40 now. I'm a, I remember when my dad turned 40 and that's when they were having to make some of these, these hard decisions about our, our schooling. Um, but you know, you still had to live through it. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean that they 
should have known better or could have known better. Um, the, the end result is you, you still had to live through that. And um, it's okay to, to sit with the, the crappy parts, <laughs> the crappy parts of that. Um, your parents didn't know everything that you went through. Um, maybe if they knew everything, they would have made a different choice, but they can't tell the future. But I, I still have that image in my mind, and I don't know if I'll ever lose it, of a bunch of, you know, first graders, second graders, just crying themselves to sleep together and how bonding that much must be. Um, you, you keep talking about your OMF friends and how you're like brothers and yeah, you are like brothers. Even siblings don't have that experience of crying yeah. themselves tonight. That's I mean, at night to sleep trauma unless bonding. it's a real dysfunctional family. Right, right. So, I mean, yeah. it's not an experience that everyone has. Mm -hmm. Goes mm -hmm. through. Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts, uh, Coop? I, um, I'm just trying to put myself in your in your shoes as a kid. That's all. Um. Yeah. I mean, like I've said before, I think I. I had mainly positive experiences from my from my childhood. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I, f I feel like it was harder for the parents to to send their kids away than for the kids to be sent away. Um, j just knowing my uh, my mom, I, I think she probably cried more than I cried when we were separated. Um, but that's why I'm I'm thankful that um, I turned out. Um, I guess okay, and now I'm still I still have a good relationship with my parents, and and my sister does as well. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's get some other dorm stories from maybe when you were older. Um, uh, when you when you think about like other specific memories that come up from later years, from from middle school, from high school that that you think about a lot. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of specific memories. We just pause for a second. Okay, um, uh, go for it. Cuban just had to take a phone call and I'll, I'll cut this part out. Um, so yeah, take it from the top. Um, other <laughs> memories that are coming up from middle school and high school. Um, yeah, in middle school and seventh grade, I was in the dorm again. Um, I think the funnest parts was on the weekends where we would go to the mall and just hang out and it, it'd usually be having lunch and watching a movie. So back in seventh grade, that was 96, 97, we'd usually go to Santa Lucia and occasionally to, to Mega Mall. Um, so back then, I think movies were 50 pesos. Um, and just, you'd get like an allowance and you'd have to be very careful how you spend your allowance. Um, so mm -hmm. we'd usually go to lunch and watch a movie, then just hang out the rest of the time. And yeah, just fun experiences like exploring the mall or exploring Manila, like going down to Makati even. Um, and taking so, public transport by ourselves. 
you threw out it, okay okay that's what i wanted to ask you took public transport by yourself down to mega mall and santa lucia which you know can be a um if there's no traffic like 20 minute thing uh or if there is traffic you know two to three hours um uh, to get down there and you said 96 actually i should probably 90. clarify that was, that was in high school I, I don't think we took public in oh okay okay few i i thought well i mean i'm sure there were some middle schoolers i took public transportation when i was in middle school um uh, i think even elementary i was already uh, taking public transportation but okay so independently yeah in, in high school okay so you, there wasn't a bunch of like seventh graders uh riding jeepneys uh downtown to to go to santa lucia no, I, I think you had to be in high school to, to take public transport uh, by yourself okay. in okay. OMF. Yeah. In OMF, yeah. yeah. And can you tell us what OMF is um, the, as a mission? I think we're just assuming that everybody knows uh, what the, because OMF is a very unique and specific type of mission. Uh, yeah, so it stands for Overseas Missionary Fellowship. So it was a missions organization started by Hudson Taylor and 1865. Um, so he he he's from England and he went to China to become a missionary. And um, ever since then, OMF has expanded to different countries in East Asia, including mm -hmm. um, the Philippines as well. Um, but my parents were missionaries with OMF in town and also the Philippines. Um, so they mainly do church planting, evangelism, theological training, student ministry. Um, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of missions work done in in different ways. Mm -hmm. And you know, faith was was one of the things that you wanted to talk about. So uh, I'm wondering, you know, you you've uh, seen how the sausage is made as far as the ministry goes. You know, when you're a missionary kid, um, I'm I'm you. Uh, work, you know, you work with your parents a lot of the times, um, or I don't know what your experience was, but uh, at this point in your life, you still identify as a Christian. And I'm just wondering, like, like walk me through that journey. Um, uh, tell me where you're at now uh, with your faith. Um, yeah, I'll start from, from when I was young. So I became a Christian when I was five. Uh, when we, my family just moved to town, then Grew up going to Christian schools and uh, going to church regularly. Um, I didn't get baptized till I was 14 uh, when I was in the States for eighth grade. Then, yes, yeah, st still kept going to Christian schools and Christian uh, colleges. Um, um, and then I, I, I went to church quite regularly in college and after college. But and there's been periods where I've had had doubts. Um, and there have definitely been times where my faith has been tested, but I think for me, I've, I've, I have a solid foundation um, where even having my wife died a year and a half ago or having other friends uh, pass away or, um, uh, or family members get sick and pass away or people um, get injured um, or, or just, feeling like um I'm all alone or abandoned I've, I've i've always had such a strong foundation of faith that i've never 
seriously thought about not the uh, not becoming a Christian anymore. Yeah, I um, I, I think you've heard me say this on the podcast before, but you know, I I identify as agnostic. Um, you know, I'm at a place where I just I I don't know. You know, and one of the things I've really enjoyed about um, the way we've, we've set this podcast up is we, we can both talk about that and talk about our MK experience. And, and I want to continue to, to make sure that this is a space where everyone can, and just like, can just come and talk about their faith journey. Cause I think we have so much to learn from one another. Um, and, uh, I, I'm sure, uh, a lot of folks are surprised out there to to hear that other people uh, have have ended up as as agnostic like me, um, and that goes both ways. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm always surprised um, and delighted to hear other people's faith faith journeys as well because it's always always really interesting. Um, I don't know what 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 are your thoughts on 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 the space, on, on the podcast, do you feel like we've been balanced or do you feel, or like, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Um, I've, I've enjoyed uh, just listening to the, the episodes before and hearing, um, yeah, just different people's stories and different faith journeys. Um, Cause I mean, we all know people that we grew up with at faith who were agnostics, maybe some of them are even atheists and then, others who are still Christians. Um, but I, I mean, I, that's why I kind of wanted to be on the podcast myself, just to have another uh, Christian voice um, and to mm-hmm. be of some encouragement that I can be. Mm-hmm. You want diversity of views. Yeah. And you presented yourself as one of those diverse voices. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, t- I, I, I think we've talked a lot about getting bounced around on the mission field. One, one thing that we have, um, not talked about that I'm, it's kind of a void is coming back to the U S you've said a couple of times you came back on home assignment. Um, I'm wondering what that experience was like for you. Sometimes that those can be harder <laughs> than, than living overseas. Yeah. So the. The re-entry uh, process is sometimes harder than going to the the going overseas in the first place. Um, just because you sometimes you look like the the people in your home country, but you just that that's it. Looks are all, the only thing that are similar. Everything else is different. So um, I first went to the states in when I was in seventh grade or in eighth grade. Then again for college, then I moved back again in 2020s. And each of those times was was different um, just because in the first time I was in middle school and with my parents. Um, second time I was moving for college. And then the third time I'd moved, I was moving back with my wife. Uh, yeah, so each time was different, but I didn't really have too much reverse culture shock. Um, cause I was kind of used to, to living with Americans or, um, kind of living, growing up in like a, a Western missions organization or 
going to international schools or living in dorms with uh, people from all over the world. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad for me. Um, now there's still some just um, I guess some struggles of trying to relate to to Americans here just because I feel like we have different priorities where um, they're kind of focused on. I guess local priorities, like um, which are which are fair. I mean, maybe uh, buying a house or getting married or having kids. But then, um, for people like me who grew up overseas, sometimes our, our heart is always in a different place or in between places. So, um, when people ask me where I'm from, I'm like, well, technically, I've lived the longest in Thailand, but I feel at home in Los Angeles, but I did also live in the Philippines and Malaysia and I was born in India. So it's sometimes that, that gets um, tricky for me. So I think the struggles I've had is just uh, the concept of home or is home for me. Um, mm. Then maybe just some concepts of identity, just like, who am I? Am I, I'm still a, an Indian citizen, but I look Chinese or even Thai, but I'm living in America. So um, the concept of identity and, and not just for me, just, but for MKs and TCKs, that that's the, the concepts of identity and home are always going to be issues. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was thinking, I was thinking the exact same thing when, before you said it, I was thinking, I don't think Coop would label America as home. <laughs> So, I mean, the term itself, you going back on home assignment to the U.S. is kind of ironic because you're still an Indian citizen, right? And your yeah. parents would consider themselves Indian. Yeah. Um, and that first time is more uh, study leave for my dad. But mm -hmm. uh, for all technical reasons, it was called a home assignment or a furlough. Yeah, just just strictly for technical reasons, but for your family, it wouldn't be home assignment. Yeah, would you consider living in India? Uh, no, not really, and not long term. Um, like most of my extended family is there, and my parents are living there now. But I only lived there for the first five years of my life, and mm -hmm. in my hometown, in my hometown, for the first three years. So it's really not home for me mm. yeah I, you are you have such a complex identity uh mm -hmm. i've just been uh, sorry Kimon, I, I cut you off i'm just sitting here um trying to put all the pieces together mm. because like you, you have your national origin but then you are in western boarding schools in multiple different countries in kind of these like sequestered little pockets of of uh, where you went you know day trips out into the jungle or out into manila you spent some time in, in the u.s and that's part of your identity and then you add in thailand um and now you're living in la uh i don't think coop you will ever fit any in anywhere <laughs> other than with your mk friends right like there is no there is no place on earth where you're gonna feel at home um except within that that community of mks that just truly understand you and your experience yeah i would agree i mean just um 
just because we, we we have so many rich experiences and moved around a lot. So home just tends to be a more fluid concept for us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the downside of that? I mean, that's a, that's a skill. That's an amazing skill to have um, to be able to just go to a place and establish your, yourself and you know feel comfortable adapting but what's what's the flip side of that yeah i mean of the obvious ad- advantages of flexibility adaptability and um uh I, I guess there's there's always disadvantages so i think for me the 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 two main ones are restlessness and boredom um mm. so because my family moved around moved house even every year then once i've been living in the place for a few years i just tend to get restless and want to move um and now yeah. i've been back in la for for almost three years so i'm, I'm always thinking about moving um then also with boredom just sometimes if if i just um if i can't commit to something or if something's not interesting or exciting for me i'll just get bored uh whether it's um work or a friendship or maybe a hobby um so there's definite uh disadvantages and drawbacks to to moving around a lot mm-hmm. mm. yeah i noticed coop that you are the first non-westerner non-western passport holder on our podcast. Oh, okay. Well, is that true? Okay. Yeah, that is true. I think, because I think every other have... no, every other person we've had that is of oh, Asian you're ethnicity are oh, America. Okay. Yeah, Australia is or, also Western. Australia. Because I noticed Ku okay. was referring to you Americans and Westerners. He uses yeah. terminologies very similar to me. So I think there's a connect yeah. connection there. But then, although your passport says India, I don't sense that you would consider yourself a typical Indian. <laughs> so you're right. The concept of home is indeed fluid. And home is where our people are. Who's our people, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and sometimes home is where you make it. Like it could just be where you lay your, your head at night. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've, I've been just noticing your way of talking. Uh, and it, and I, I was, I was thinking, why is Coop distinctly different from all the other guests that we've had? And your background that you've just shared with us kind of, explains a lot <laughs> you're more of a eastern type of person in in terms of talking in that you're not as direct as our westerner counterparts you have a circular way of talking and going about things would that be a fair assessment coop yeah i think so just because i mean like i i'm asian but uh, up in uh, a lot of western context so i a lot of times i'm in between two worlds um and like when i i've i started 
um, or just early on in in my in my schooling at, at Chifu School Malaysia, I had some a British teacher and an Irish teacher. Then studied in the uh, in the British curriculum in seventh grade, and then had friends from all over the world. Um, so I've just always been around. In, I've always been in a multicultural environment. So I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what makes my my life and me a bit unique. I have so I many want, more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to end. I mean, we're closing in on the hour. Yeah. But my last question, and then I'm going to hand the mic over to you, Caleb. But my last question yeah, sure. would be, Coop, when do you feel most yourself? Um, I would probably say when I'm with my OMF friends or with faith friends, because they've seen me uh, grow up from when I was five, six years old. So they, they've seen me like different versions of me. Um, and I feel like they, they really know who I am from when I was a young boy. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I've had other, other college friends and even church friends that I've, I've gotten to know quite well. Um, but I feel like they're just getting to know like the, the 20 year old version of Coop or the 30 year old version of Coop. But my faith friends and OMF friends have kind of seen me from when I was young to, to now. So I feel like the, the most at home and comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I want to ask the question that we ask a lot of MKs, which is, you know, when you think of yourself, um, that first grader that's crying himself tonight, uh, crying himself to sleep with all those other first first graders alone in the jungle in that room um you know what what would if you could go back in time what would you tell yourself back then um i'd probably say like everything will turn out or everything will be okay um i i maybe some of your other guests have said that before but I think that um, because I, I I believe in God and I believe he's, he's in control and he's sovereign, I know that he has a a perfect plan for all of us. So if just like back then when a six-year-old Coop is crying in the dorm room or just throughout my life, I've, I've always had this faith that God is in control and he will, um, uh, his plan is always um his plan is always perfect and right. So just keep trusting in God. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, um, Coop, this was, this was a, uh, a really great interview. I do want to address <laughs> earlier, um, you know, you brought up uh, you, your wife passing back in 2021. And I feel like I kind of deflected us off that a little bit and back onto your, your MK experience. And that's not because I don't have a thousand questions for, for you about that. Um, We were going to talk after the call. I'm going to see you next Saturday. Uh, But we're always kind of navigating this line um, uh, with, you know, what what we want to talk about and put out in the public and versus uh, what, (laughs) you know, this is a, a, 
a show that's therapeutic in nature, but it's not therapy. And so maybe I diverted us too quickly. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that you wanted to talk more about, but I did want to just address that, that it, it's not because I don't have a thousand more questions for you about, um, about that. I just, um, maybe instinctually kind of diverted us away from that. So I apologize if there was, um, more that you wanted to say, but I, um, I did want to, uh, just throw that out there. Um, I don't know if there's, if you have any thoughts on that or, uh, cause we're, we're at, at, at the end of our time here, but I just wanted to kind of talk about that for a little bit. Uh, no, uh, thanks, Caleb, for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk more when we see each other in person or even yeah. come back for another episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. But j just on that, I I've just been doing so well because because of my faith, because of amazing family and friends, including a lot of faith friends. So so thank you to everyone who's been praying for me and supporting me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. Um, yeah. What a way. What a way to yeah. wrap up. Let's hit the uh, closing song, Enrique Iglesias. Hero. Yeah, can you can you tell us uh, like why? So you were debating back. You were debating between Backstreet Boys and Enrique <laughs> Iglesias, and for for other MKs around the world, you know, I think we all just made the assumption that people would know who Enrique Iglesias is. Um, oh shit! No, everyone should know. He's he's super of famous. Course. I'm sorry. I'm of course. yeah. Everyone knows who. If you know okay. Backstreet Boys, you should know Iglesias. You should know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna edit. Okay, I'm gonna edit that out. Why this song? Why this song, Coop? Well, at first I was going for Backstreet Boys, but then they have a lot of good songs. So I couldn't narrow it down, so I was like, Oh, Enrique Iglesias has a pretty clear single that he's known for. So I just went with Enrique Iglesias. Perfect. Awesome. So here we go. Oh, please tell me this. Now would you die for the one you love? Hold me in your arms tonight. I can be your hero, baby. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Go Vanguard. Go Vanguards. Oh, we got it. We got it. Good job, guys. All right. <laughs> I needed to stop the recording here. Oh, geez. Hold up. I'm having mouse issues here, guys. Okay. I still haven't stopped the recording. So, okay. We should have... Why can't... I'm sorry, everybody. This sucks. Okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs>